Welcome to the Refine Your Health podcast with Dr. Dion. I'm a primary care physician, and now I can happily add podcaster. Tune in to each episode to hear great information on improving health outcomes, disease prevention, and overall community health advocacy. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into today's episode to improve your health. Hello, listeners. This is your host, Dr. Dion, and thanks for checking out this episode of Refine Your Health. So this episode will be a little bit shorter compared to some of my previous episodes, but it's an important episode because I want to talk about a topic and that is preparing for your doctor's visit. So for those of you who have not established care with a primary care doctor, I would encourage you to do so. And it's important to know what you need for that first visit. Number one, you need to know, first and foremost, the previous doctor that you were seeing, their name and the name of their practice and their address. So if you don't know those things, it's important to make sure that you get that information in preparation for your visit because your primary care doctor that you're going to be establishing care with may request those records from your previous primary care doctor. Now, if you haven't been really seeing a doctor, well, then you don't need to worry about it. But for those of you who have been seeing a primary care physician or a specialist or someone on a routine basis, it's going to be important to first and foremost, know their name, know the name of their practice, their contact information, such as their address and their phone number. So that new primary care doctor that you're trying to establish care with can get the information from them so you can have the best type of continuity of care. Secondly, it's important to know your medical diagnosis. What have you been diagnosed with in the past or currently diagnosed with? And to make sure that you're able to communicate that with your new primary care physician. Also, it's, it's important to know your medication. So if you're not able to bring your bottles, I would advise you to at least write down the name of your medication, the dose, the frequency at which you take those, and who has been prescribing those. Has it been your primary care doctor or is it some type of specialist that you have been seeing? So the new primary care doctor can have an idea of who's been managing your care over the past year or years. And the reason I like to emphasize the importance of having a list of your medications or at least bringing your prescriptions into the office is that some instances I've had in the office where patients may bring in their pills and they may just actually just have the pill and they say, hey, doc, I need a refill on this medication. And they have no idea what the name is, the milligrams. And there are over 20,000 medications that are on the market. And some of these medications will look similar and have the same color and appearance. And they may be, of course, different medications plus different dosing. So it's important to either know the medication and the dosing either by having a list or either bringing in your prescription bottles because this is going to be beneficial in determining, number one, if a medication should be continued are stopped based on your current health status with your new primary care provider. In addition, it's important to make sure that your new primary care doctor knows what medications that you're taking over the counter or any type of supplements or alternative medicines that you may be consuming or maybe using as topical treatments. 
Another important factor to take into consideration is making sure that you know your family history. I've had so many instances where I'm trying to get a family history to know if I need to screen for a particular condition in a patient, but they're not quite sure. So I'll give an example. So they know about a grandparent who had a cancer, but they don't know what type of cancer or an uncle that had maybe some type of kidney disease, but not sure what type of kidney disease. So those things are important to kind of talk about with family members, especially as it relates to something that may put you at risk just basically through genetics. So just talking about family history and medical diagnosis, especially like parents or siblings, those are going to be key family history information that you need to know. But any additional information that you're able to get is more beneficial as far as when you're going to see a primary care provider and they're trying to determine if additional tests as far as things that may be impacting your health or that they need to screen for. That is why it's so important to know your family history. Also, making sure that you know all of the surgeries and a list of the surgeries that you've been through. Sometimes people forget, you know, they come to the visit. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that I had this particular surgery or, you know, this other procedure. And it sometimes helps to have a list of those procedures or surgeries that you've had in the past. So certain things won't be left out of your medical history. Also, if you're seeing certain specialists, I already mentioned that if you saw a primary care doctor, it's also important to make sure that you know what specialists you're seeing and what are you seeing them for and to make sure that you have not only their name or as well as the name of their practice and their contact information because your primary care provider that you're going to be establishing care with will probably like to be in contact with them to make sure that your care is not interrupted and that they know that you have a new primary care provider so that information can be sent to them regarding your medical management, especially when it comes to any of the specialists that you may be seeing. Also, it's important to make sure that you document or have some information about any prior hospitalizations or ER visits that may impact your medical management. In addition, it's important to also know if you're up to date on your screening test, especially let's say for women, your mammograms, if you're of the appropriate age, pap smears for the men regarding prostate screening, if you're appropriate age, colon cancer screening for men and women, as well as lung cancer screening. If you've had that before in the past, if it's age appropriate, Don't forget bone scans related to osteoporosis screening. And it also helps to make sure that you document when you've had those particular screening tests, if it was age appropriate for you during that time to make sure that you are screened at the appropriate intervals. That helps a new primary care provider know when you're due for your next screening, if appropriate, based on your previous screening test. And another area most people don't really think about is vaccinations or immunization history. So are you up to date on your tetanus? Are you up to date on your shingles vaccine? Also pneumonia vaccine or some of the other vaccines that may be needed and age appropriate. So it's important to definitely know your vaccination history if you have that available or documented somewhere. 
So that's some of the important information that you need to have ready for your first office visit with a new primary care provider. Now, let's say that you've already established care with a primary care provider. So what should you have for those visits? Number one, it should be important that you notify your medical provider, especially if you've been to the emergency room or had any hospitalizations since your past visit with your primary care provider. Not only should you consider mentioning emergency room or hospitalization visits, you should also mention going to any urgent care facilities for medical management as well. Also, if you've seen a specialist since your last visit, and if there have been any changes made in your medicine by the specialist. And the reason I say that is sometimes that there may be a delay in the specialist sending correspondence about your medical care to your primary care provider, or the information may have been sent, but it may have been sent to the wrong provider. And so in order to allow for better continuity of care, and patient safety is very important to communicate with your primary care provider if there has been any changes in your medical management, such as your medications. And also if you had any special like procedures or surgeries since your past evaluation by a specialist, or if you had any additional imaging or labs. So these things are helpful to prevent redundancy in ordering tests, as well as allows for great communication between a primary care provider and the specialist. So continuity of care can stay the same and there's no interruption of your care. And also for just basically patient safety. So if something that is prescribed by a specialist, your primary care provider will want to know that, especially if they may want to prescribe something themselves to make sure it doesn't interact with the particular medication that may be prescribed by another provider, as well as to make sure that your medication list is updated. In addition, a specialist that you as a patient may be seeing, may not know your entire medical history as well as your entire health picture, such as your primary care doctor, like your primary care doctor, I should say. And something that they may have started may not be the best for you because it may cause another issue. So being able to have that communication between not only you to your primary care provider, that also allows that primary care provider to maybe possibly reach out to your uh, specialist to communicate with them about the best method of management for your health because we want to make sure at the end of the day is that we are working together as a team to make sure that you're as healthy as possible. Also, if you've been seen in the emergency room or had a hospitalization, your primary care physician is going to need to get those medical records to see if any medications were prescribed and if they recommended that you see a specialist after hospitalization or an ER visit. And so your primary care provider can make sure that those things are followed up once you're discharged from the hospital or the emergency room. So just for your routine follow-ups, let's say you have a history of diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol. It's important for first and foremost for you to know your numbers. Oftentimes I request that 
my patients, especially if you have a history of diabetes, to make sure that you check your blood sugar. So sometimes it may be good for you to make sure that you take like a blood sugar log where you've been documenting your blood sugars when you check them. So when you go to your primary care provider, that's an easy way for them to see if they need to make adjustments in your medications or maybe see how you're progressing over the time on your medications and if the medication has been benefiting you at all, as well as looking at your cholesterol levels, making sure that you know your numbers as it relates to high cholesterol and what your goal cholesterol level should be. So it's very important to communicate to your primary care doctor, okay, doc, I'm on these medications. What should my numbers look like? And what is my goal range? Because in order for you to reach a, a, a healthier status, it's important to know what your goals are so you know how to reach them and what you need to be doing from your standpoint. In addition, knowing what your blood pressure readings are. If you have a history of high blood pressure, what your goal blood pressures should be if you have a history of high blood pressure or if you don't have a history of high blood pressure, what should your goal blood pressure readings be? And if you do happen to have a history of high blood pressure, I often request that my patients sometime, especially when they're starting on medications, things of that nature, that they periodically monitor their blood pressure at home to see what their blood pressures are compared to the office. Because when you get a blood pressure reading in the office, it's only a snapshot in a 24-hour period. So the question is, is your blood pressure higher at home or even better? Or is it pretty much the same level that we're getting in the office? So knowing what your blood pressure goals should be and periodically monitoring your blood pressures at home and bringing those blood pressure readings to the doctor's office is definitely beneficial in helping your primary care provider as well as your specialist manage your diagnosis of high blood pressure along with whatever other diagnosis that a primary care doctor may be managing or specialist may be managing that may potentially impact your blood pressure. So those are two different perspectives as it relates to your initial doctor's visit versus routine primary care doctor's visits. And it's just important to first and foremost, know your numbers. If you've been diagnosed with a certain medical condition, such as like high blood pressure or diabetes and what your goal ranges should be, knowing your medical diagnoses, especially if you've never been told or made a list of your medical diagnoses. And most of the times I get statements from patients, oh, doc, it's in the computer, you can look that up. But I always give a, an example of, let's say you experience a medical emergency and you're not at home or you're out of state or you may be in a different area where they don't have access to your primary care doctor's records. So it's important for you to know what your medical diagnoses are and what medicines that you're on. And oftentimes I recommend that patients make a list of their medications and have it on a card, have an emergency contact, as well as their diagnoses, just in case they unfortunately experience a medical emergency and you have that card there as a resource that you can put in your wallet or in your purse. So that's important because it's important to know your medical history so you'll be able to communicate that to others and to know why you're taking medications and to know what your overall goals are as far as reaching a healthier status. And if you don't understand 
those goals or what your medical diagnoses are, it's important to communicate that to your primary care doctor or your specialist whom you may be seeing. And if they're not communicating that well enough for you to understand and they're not really listening to you to make sure that you understand, then I would encourage patients to look for another provider to accommodate and provide a second opinion if you feel like you're not able to get the answers and understanding that you need. Because as a primary care provider myself, it's important for me to make sure to make sure that my patients understand what their medical diagnoses are, why they're on the medicines. And it's important for them to know their why and what their goals are, because we're in a partnership to improve their overall health. And it's not where one person is dictating how someone should be improving their health. It's a partnership to improve their overall health. And so it's very important that communication is open on both sides from the patient standpoint, as well as a primary care provider. So we can improve your overall health. And just to make sure as well, you have your routine follow-ups and to make sure that you discuss when your routine screening is due, if it's age appropriate for you. And if you need any particular screening, if you have a family history of certain conditions that you have a discussion with your primary care provider or specialist. So that wraps up this episode. I hope it has been helpful. And if it has, please leave a five-star review on your streaming platform of choice. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as tell others about it. And thanks for checking out this episode again. It is truly appreciated. And this is your host, Dr. Dion. Take care. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe and feel free to tell your family and friends to check out the podcast. And remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and the thoughts and opinions do not constitute medical advice.